Oh my gosh. So this would be an abnormally large stool. <laughs> this one. I just almost spit out a crate everywhere. <laughs> You're listening to Girls Gone Wild. This is Joy. And this is Claire. This is episode 77. Welcome to episode 77. Merry Welcome. Christmas. Merry this Christmas. This episode is on Christmas. Yay. If you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. And that's Natalia. That's Natalia. Uh, today we have, we are back with Lisa and Natalia to talk about poop. Yahoo! Yay! <laughs> Just in time for Christmas. Just in time for Christmas. I know we realized we were like, this is going to release on Christmas. Awesome. So it's just a festive digestion. Christmas poo. Christmas Christmas conversation. Yay. Yay. So. I was going to make some joke about stocking stuffers. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. I'm going to just, just, you know, put that out there. Oh, there. there. Oh my gosh. So they are back. If you remember, they were on episode 66. And Lisa, you were at 61 as well. So Lisa's Lisa, better. my third time. Yeah. It's interesting that we're on 66 and also 77. Mm-hmm. Is that Ooh, right? Yeah. yeah. So you have 11 episode spread. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what that means. Go ahead, Lisa. Um, I could say something about childhood abandonment and trauma. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. I thought you were going to like ask a question about numerology. I was like, what do sevens mean? Oh, do you yeah. know? I um, thought you, I was going to ask you. I was like, I was like this is like right, Mercury. Yeah. This is alignment. <gasps> oh. Um, by the way, this is just as a, as a note. Um, yeah. My neighbor David is having a solstice thing. And he was like, you should invite Joy. I was like, I don't really know if Joy's going to want to come. He goes, well, tell her that it's like Mercury and Saturn need her to yeah. be there. <laughs> it's like a bonfire. Aww. So if you want to come, you're invited. That's great. But David wants you to come so that Mercury and Saturn can align themselves. 21st, right? Yeah, it's Sunday. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> you guys can come to it. Yeah, we can. Yeah, thank you. 66 and 77. Yeah, right? right there. Oh, <laughs> I think he's like my neighbor, David. He's a cool guy. Okay. So we talked about this a little bit in the last podcast, and then we had a lot of requests from Facebook and email that you guys really wanted a poop episode. And who doesn't? Just, you ask and ask and you shall receive. And so we're going there. And so you have been warned if you just want to turn your device off now and not listen to us talk about poop, you've been warned. So should we, should we ease in with a digestion question? Let's ease in. I have a digestion question. I like that you said ease in. <laughs> just it flows. Yeah. It really Let's does. Just ease as many of Smooth as sailing, can. if it's, you will. Yeah, it's it's all natural, just happening. Um, <laughs> let's ease in. I just like I like the phrase digestion question also. No, oh, it, it rhymes. It does. It's like stool is cool. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That one just came right to me. <laughs> You're welcome. What rhymes with bowels? Bowels. Pals. Pals. that that's talk like, about their off, bowels. That's an off-rhyme, but it's oh. close enough. Mm-hmm. It's a, yeah. So anyway, your question? my digestion question is about protein. Because mm. lately, we, and you guys have probably seen this in our little accountable eating challenge group, yes. we've been checking out my fitness pal and tracking stuff, and the amount that I'm, quote-unquote, supposed to be eating of protein seems like this entirely unattainable number that requires me to eat incredible amounts of low-fat cottage cheese. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Love cottage cheese. But... What do we know to be true about cottage cheese? It makes you poop. Does it? That you. Really does. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was a good Why answer. does it back people up? So oftentimes with dairy can can be constipating. And I don't know. But we know it's accelerating. But that's not the question. <laughs> Wait, aren't you lactose intolerant? Yeah. That's not the question. <laughs> My question is, 
is it true that there's only like a certain amount of protein that you can absorb and then you just pee the rest of it out so there's no reason for you to be like reaching to attain this this high number of protein or like can you actually use all that protein well yes and no so protein is broken down into amino acids and amino acids are broken down by the kidneys and we filter these things out we filter out urea yeah. Lupapenle. Yes. Lupapenle is my favorite part of the body. Yeah. Wait, tell me more about what that. What is that? What? Lupapenle? It's in your nephrons. So confused right now. Don't worry about it. I thought Look you were about Harry Potter. <laughs> it is almost as magical as Harry Potter. The loop of Henry? <laughs> Henry had a loop named after him. Just one, even though there's two kidneys. It's very confusing. Yeah, loop of Henley. Henley. Probably a German dude. Yeah. Like Don Henley? <laughs> Okay. Yes. Is that a band? <laughs> You're welcome. There's the name of your new band. It can also be Low Fat Cut Sheep. <laughs> um, okay. But to answer your question, the truth is, so the blood does not like too much urea, as you probably know. So your kidneys like to filter it out, and you will pee it out, yes. Does that mean you're going to lose a bunch of protein in your urine? I hope not. That's actually not a good sign to have proteins in your urine. Okay. Um. So... But have you heard that, like, you know, there's a certain amount of protein that your body can absorb, and then after that, it's all just for not. Because I have heard that. Too much protein can actually be really damaging to the kidney. Because okay. if you think about it, its job is to filter out all that urea, and if right. you're overloading it with urea, then yes, it can be dangerous. And for people that also restrict their fluids, not saying that anybody doesn't drink enough water up in this podcast, but if people do restrict their fluids and then you're eating a lot of protein, it can be really hard because then you're not able to pee it all out. Got it. But that would be a lot of protein. Like, Hundreds and hundreds of grams of protein a day. It would be a lot of protein and over a long period of time. Okay. Okay. Cool. That makes me feel better because I sort of was thinking like, man, why am I struggling to get like a hundred and however many grams of protein if I'm just peeing out everything after like 60? So there is no set number. It's right. not like after 60, then you're going to lose all your protein, but definitely your body can only filter out so much. Got it. Okay. So if you are eating a lot of protein, which maybe some of you are, drink fluids, lots of them. Lots of fluids. Is there, right. Are there any physical symptoms of someone who's eating too much protein? Um, so, I mean, in terms of, like, kidney function? Anything, like how you feel. You can be, like, sluggish. Nothing that you might notice. Okay. Like, it's so not going to be, like, feeling. I mean, it's nothing. It's over long periods of time that you might notice. But nothing mm-hmm. that you're going to say, like, oh, gosh, I must be eating too much protein today. And that's why I have a headache. No. Yeah. It's not going to be like yeah. that. Yeah. Cool. My muscles feel so big today. <laughs> <laughs> I have to every day. Too much protein. All right. Well, that was my art ease in to digest in question. Ease in. Ease it in. But you did talk about dairy. You touched on dairy for mm-hmm. a second about how it is. And it, that's the thing with protein. Up. Back it up. Back yeah. It. So if we're talking about poop, um, we all know that fiber helps solidify things and bolts it on up and fluid helps push it on out. So if you're getting a lot of protein and you're displacing other macros, like you're not getting enough carbohydrates, fats, whatever, uh, then yeah, you're going to have trouble pooping because you're only taking in proteins and then your kidneys are working really hard and your colon is like, help me, I'm poor. No, your colon <laughs> is like, help me. She you know, I did. I did. I went there. <laughs> Sorry. I did. You guys have no idea how hard it is to stifle all this laughter throughout this entire hour <laughs> so whenever we, we hang out with blow out them. your headphone speakers. It's so funny. I just need like a I almost didn't come today because I was like, well, we're just going to be talking about poop and I can be here for your moral support, but how am I going to contain this? I'm sitting here like, I'm sitting on my hands thinking (laughs) thinking that that's going to contain my laughter. Well, because I told you not to hit the table. (laughs) Well, I like, I talked to my mom on my way over here and I was like, we're doing an episode about poop. She goes, huh, okay. 
well, you know, just remember, like, she was like, you're going to listen to this later and think like, wow, that seemed like a better idea. <laughs> you're going to regret that. <laughs> More or less saying she's re- we're going to regret our You know what? Poop I bet in about 20 minutes you'll get a text from her and you'll be like, I actually have a question about poop. <laughs> she was like, well, maybe I'll enjoy listening to that. So, hi, Mom. <laughs> hi, Mom. Anyway, so let's get started. Let's just dive right in, shall we? Yeah. Um, do you want to start with questions or is there anything that you would like to lead in with, Natalia? Um, no. Questions. Okay. Questions. Yeah. All right. So, I'm just here for support. You are, yeah. you are my support. Thank you. Um... <laughs> It was really funny. I posted it this morning and then Jesse Gubbins, who's one of our favorite listeners, wrote the first comment and she's so <laughs> <My> favorite. <laughs> I love you, Jesse. That's amazing. She's hilarious. She um was well, in Dubai. The comment so they can other people can oh, I will. oh okay. So she lives in like, Dubai oh, and she came to visit us, not us, like just for that, but it was cute. We met her in Denver. She came came to the western United States yes. and happened to stop in Denver. Denver and we got to meet fun. her. Um, so her comment was, the first comment says, that awkward moment when everyone has a poop question, but no one wants to be the first to post it on Facebook. <laughs> Don't be scared. Don't be scared. It's really normal. You'll feel better. Yeah. It <laughs> Let it out. Let it out. Literally. Okay. Um, so the oh first God. question is, what is a normal poop? What is a normal poop? What is a normal poop? And then, do you want to ask, like, the follow-up questions, or do you want to go one by one? Her so, follow-up is, when is it not normal? Oh, so, okay, pooping. This is what the books say. Now, everybody's bowels rhymes with howls. Um, everybody's bowels are different. Everybody's GI tract is different. But normal bowel movements, uh, one to three times per day or one every three days. So some people don't go every day. That is normal. That is normal. That is normal. Okay. If you're having more than three, it's... Not necessarily a bad thing because you might just be eating more frequently than somebody else, but um, definitely if they're not a good solid structure, which we might talk about what a normal poop looks like, similar to this microphone, uh, <laughs> yep, I went there, then we might talk about that being abnormal. So definitely if your normal poop status is once every three days, but all of a sudden you're going once a week or um, seven times a day. That should be alarming to you as an individual that's different from you and your regular cycle. So what does a normal poop look like? Great question. I was thinking about this. How do you describe this on podcast? Yeah. I said fudgesicle. I like that description. Like a fudgesicle. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden we started talking about microwaves. Yeah, yeah. A fudgesicle that you've been like carrying around outside for a couple minutes. Yeah, and it's okay if the fudgesicle has some ridges to it. A little, I, I did this wavy thing with my hand just then. Nobody can see this, but um, some ridges are, are good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Say ridges again. Ridges. Ridges are good. Joy is just trying real hard not to react to this. But here's the thing. If it's too lumpy, it's not good. Oh, my gosh. It should look a little smooth. Okay. Okay. If it's too lumpy, usually you're dehydrated. If it's coming out like rabbit pellets... Definitely dehydrated. Oh, okay. that's what that means. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I get rabbit pellets sometimes. <laughs> you know what? Everybody so what gets happened? rabbit pellets. Like, I need to know. I want to know what the system is doing where it just spits out rabbit pellets 
versus a fudgesicle. Okay, so you'd like to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you think about your intestines, Mm -hmm. right? So you're eating food and your body's digesting it. It's going into the intestine. If you're eating food but you don't have enough liquid to push it on through, then instead it gets kind of trapped and then it can only shoot out little pieces of that digested food instead of lumping it all together. A gumbo machine. Yay. Like, that is beautiful. Yeah. Gumbo machine. You put in 25 cents and output. Put in a burrito but no water. Maybe not a burrito. That would be a bad bad example. Yeah. Well, you Um, definitely need some fiber too because if you have too much low-fat cottage cheese and enough water, it's still going to be rabbit pellet. Huh, because you're not clumping it together. Okay, so there's nothing the to for nobody can see me right now, but yeah, how would you describe I, what I'm doing right now? Packing it in. Pack, <laughs> packing it in. There's nothing to <laughs> consolidate the food. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um so when, then, do you want to talk more about what is abnormal? Mm-hmm. Should we just kinda like go through like the spectrum of the food? Yeah. I think that's be a good place to start. Okay, so abnormal. Rabbit pellets equal mm-hmm. dehydration. If they're lumped together but they still look like balls, still dehydrated. They're they're in a shaft with balls. This is not helpful. Uh, <laughs> they're in a, what do you call this? A uh, cylinder. There's cylinder. Yeah, yeah. you they're, need more fluid. If they're, they're, any, tur- they're, it's like a single turd with a little pot, with a little, yeah. <laughs> like a tube. Like a tube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If it's an abnormal color. Okay, so abnormal color might be gray, yellow, black, green. Okay. Okay. Um, green stool I wouldn't worry too much about unless it's really loose. Green stool is usually just is, a lot of vegetables. But what is loose green stool? <laughs> like like diarrhea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's well, usually GI infection. Okay. Yeah. If it's really light in color, that can be a signal about gallbladder or pancreatic insufficiency. I always say this with like a disclaimer, please don't self-diagnose, yeah. you're probably fine. Yeah. But if it's really light in color and it's usually not, that should be alarming to you. And if it's obviously black or really dark in color, that could signal a GI bleed farther up in the tract. Okay. Okay. Okay, good more. And then if it's bright red and you think you have colon cancer, probably you just ate some beets and you forgot about it. Yeah. Yes. So beets can also turn your, both your urine and your yeah. stool. Especially beet juice. Yeah. How yeah. much beet juice? I mean, you've experienced that before? Oh, yeah. Where you're like, oh, my God. I only did it once. <laughs> I yeah. talked to someone this weekend who did the same thing. And yeah. They said they I, beat beet pee. Yeah. And I they like, were freaking out. fluorescent pink pee. I was like, what the hell? Oh, <laughs> beet juice. It's really scary. Yeah. Yeah. The first time that Brandon ate beets ever, he poofed red and he called his mom as a nurse and was like, hey, cancer. His <laughs> <laughs> mom was like, oh, I think you just ate some beets. Yeah. Anyway, that, it, it never fails to freak me out. Yeah. Poop can be scary. Yeah, and poop tells a lot about your GI tract, so it's important that you don't get obsessive about your poop, but do check it out. Other question. Yeah. So, when you have diarrhea, don't they say that you're actually dehydrated? So then, why is it all loose and watery? Well, it depends on the cause of the diarrheal stool. Okay. And diarrhea. Diarrhea for a second. So diarrhea, really, the diagnosis for diarrhea is you have to have. More than two loose bowel movements per day in order for it to be diarrhea. Okay. Okay. So what is like an isolated bowel movement? If you signal? have, yeah, if you have like an isolated loose stool, then yes. it's an isolated loose stool. If you're having those every day, question, question. You can take it. You can ask somebody like, what's going on? Talk mm-hmm. to a doctor. Talk to whoever you see. Um, if that's whoever you see, excuse whoever me, you sir. see. Excuse me, <laughs> excuse me, sir, on the street. What do you think about my loose stool? <laughs> But actually, to have the diagnosis of diarrhea, it has to be more than two. Okay. More than two over per the course day. of 
Oh, per day. Oh, per day. Per day, loose stool. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But you, and then you, you said, but if you're having a loose stool, even just every day, that can also be a problem. I would say if you're having a loose stool every day, you probably have IBS or you're probably not eating enough fiber. Um, sometimes if you get too much fat in your diet, this can show up. I know there was a question about that later mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. Um, but definitely if you're getting too much fat, it can come out as very loose, oily sheen in the toilets can have like a pretty smelly smell. Mm -hmm. Um, it's pretty obvious when you're having a loose stool. Okay. All right. To the person next to you as well. Mm. Not if you use poopery. <laughs> that was funny. I saw that. Yeah, for the first time ever. That? Really? That's really uh, I had never seen it before, and I saw it at, at a like weird store in Boulder, of course. Anyway, next question. Next question. Um, when do you know you need to make a change in your diet? Would it just be any one of those symptoms, or would you consult a doctor? I mean, I think if anything seems... Which, before I forget, yeah. you are a real doctor. Remember yeah, no, talking? I know. <laughs> RD stands for real doctor. <laughs> Just in case anybody forgot, it's Natalia Tree's real doctor. Uh, if anything's really abnormal and you're concerned, I would see a physician about that. Okay. Uh, but if you, like, I don't know, did something that's really abnormal for you, like you went out and ate, I don't know, a lot of pizza or you went and had a high-fat meal or you drank more than you usually used to, then you might have a loose stool because of that, just because your GI system's not used to But it'll to be it. an isolated incident. It would be an isolated okay. incident. <clears throat> Can I make that therapeutic for a second? Yes. Yeah. Um, because one of the things that we do see frequently is um, we've had a, a handful of, of patients that have come to us that are like completely obsessed with their bowels. Um, to the point where they're like tracking them daily and 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 really taking in like making every life decision based on like what's happening with their bowels. So in terms of like when do I need to like when do I need to be worried or what's like normal like also paying attention to how you feel in your body, how you feel in your life. <laughs> Sorry, I went there, but it's true. Like just not getting information just based on like what's happening when you look in the toilet. Mm -hmm. I just had to say that because we actually see this pretty frequently where we work. Mm -hmm. So diagnosing everything, right, based on one mm -hmm. what's yeah. happening in the toilet. Yeah, because I could see people listening to this and being like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah. Right, I know. So I kind of went there. So thank yeah. you. So. No, <laughs> no, I'm glad you did. I'm okay. glad you did. So the next question does have to do with fat. So mm -hmm. you want to tackle that? Yeah. So anytime you have like a high fat composition, like you're a majority of what you take in is fat, then it's going to show up in the stool. Um, but it can show up in a variety of ways. Like some people eat a lot of fat in their diet and they don't recognize that. I think the person that wrote the question was spot on. She started changing what she was eating and it was predominantly a high fat diet. And then she noticed that her stools were loose and oily and, and floating, floating. And that's the thing. If you think about we go back to chemistry. Uh -huh. What do we know about fat and water? Fat floats in water. Fat is hydrophobic. It does not like water, so it's actually going Science. to float to the top. I don't think of Monty Python. Yeah. So I can't remember. Did you say they're not supposed to float? No, they are. So okay. like, if you have a, like a, a fatty stool, okay. it will usually float to the top. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Anything that sinks to the bottom, this is another good question. Anything that really sinks, like you hear it as like a... <laughs> oh, yeah, it's making the noise. Uh, that's a really dense and heavy stool. And again, I would go back to that's probably one that's a little bit dehydrated or a lot of fiber. Like you all of a sudden went on a fiber kick and you started eating a bunch of Metamucil. Mm, Metamucil. Yeah. So then it's really, really, really dense. Okay. And okay. it sinks to the bottom. Okay. 
Do you recommend that people take any of those, like, Metamucil fiber pills or anything like that? Like, no, I don't really like, I don't mm-hmm. like supplements. I think you can get it all through your diet and through what you take in orally. So I wouldn't recommend yeah. Metamucil unless you're someone who... Um, really, I don't know, doesn't like fruits or vegetables, or if your child, if your child has like a really, or if somebody you know has a really childlike palate, and they just tend to like things that are more carbohydrates, fats, proteins, and you're not getting in those fibrous foods. They're not okay. Cool. Um, next one is how often should I be eating probiotic foods? Probiotics is a tough one because kombucha. Oh, we did talk about the kombucha question. Yeah. If you're worried about having too much kombucha, you probably are <laughs> having too much kombucha. Yeah. Yeah. There is such a thing as too much kombucha. Well, if you think about it, the body is a pretty wonderful thing and it can regulate itself on its own. Now, if you do have a GI issue, I'm not, I'm no doctor. I mean, I'm the real doctor, but I'm no doctor. <laughs> so if somebody's prescribed you probiotics, that's different. Um, but I would say that I don't think you need to regulate that. I don't think you need to take control of your gut flora. I think it can do um, its job on its own. If you like kombucha because it's sparkly and kind of vinegary, more power to you. But I don't think you need it to regulate your bowels. Okay. So what if, you, oh. if you drink like four a week, is that okay? I think that's fine. <laughs> I'm glad you said a week because for a second I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> Not a day. I can't even handle it. one I a used day. to drink like one a day. Yeah. And then the one day I was like, I'm getting buzzed off these. Yeah. And then, and then <laughs> that article came out now. that they actually were. They were like, fermenting and they were fermenting. like sitting on the shelves. I was on the way to the airport and I was driving and I was just like, why am I like, I don't think I should be on the road right now. <laughs> I was like, thank God I'm getting on a plane. The Friedrich tickets. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> But, like, a lot of people do say, like, eat, you know, fermented food. Like, all – so many of, like, the paleo primal people say, you know, eat fermented foods, eat sauerkraut, eat kimchi, eat, um, you know, like, yogurt if you tolerate dairy. You know, it'll help um, mm-hmm. promote your gut being healthy. So, do you think they recommend that because there is some restrictions in other areas of the diet? I mean, like, the, the paleo lifestyle? Maybe. I think it – I also think that maybe that it's, like, kind of more of a um, – Know, like that it can not necessarily supplement but that a lot of the other things that you're eating might be taking away from that so it kind of balance it out do you think your body couldn't do that on its own well that's the idea i mean that's the question it's like yeah. what you know at, at what level do you think like you know is should you be concerned that like okay something weird is happening or okay you know like i can't like this could be helped by me loving my gut flora some more i think you could love your gut flora some more <laughs> I love you, Gut Flora. <laughs> the best. No, I do think that um, for some people that really do need more, like a healthier gut, for people that might have bacterial overgrowth, I think somebody else asked that question. Mm-hmm. But like for people that do struggle with that, which is actually real, mm-hmm. then yeah, probiotics are are helpful. But I do think that the the world we kind of live in now is looking for something to help fix something that may not need to be fixed. It might just right. be, you know, so somebody's... Right, like with detoxes. Right, yeah. yeah. So if they like think... Your body can detox itself. If I have this probiotic, then I'll have normal bowel movements, but then it doesn't happen, so that means I must have more of it because I'm obviously not taking enough. It just gets kind of right. in like a vicious cycle. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to say. And I like what you guys said last episode about how the body can regulate itself and you don't need to do detoxes and you don't need to do cleanses. Can you touch on that? Because that was one of my questions I wrote down. Mm-hmm. You, you want There's to like oh, so... Well, 
I will like go up and down the aisles of Whole Foods of yeah. all the supplements, and I'm like, what do I? They exist, so that means we probably need them in some way. So I like, and, like read the them time, all, yeah. and I'm like, there's so many. After you're in like the whole body section for more than ten minutes, you're like, I need these things. Yeah, I definitely am deficient in my yeah. calcium face wash. Yeah, I'll just like read them all. What are more calcium? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just like you know, things like that where you're like, mm, Dead Sea salt for my scalp. I yeah. need that. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting what marketing can do. That's what I was going with it. Like, thank you, American marketing or Western marketing. Crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my nails must be brittle because I'm not. My nail but coating can't be nailed. You know where I feel this goes back to? Like, what we've talked about in, was it 61 and then 66? Um, This idea of compartmentalization. Right, like so, it's like well, it's about like our eyelashes and our right. scalp and yeah. our triceps and then our leg hair and then our toes. Like it's right. still Only like forgetting, right? I would, yeah. Like and like that's to me again, like like a wonderful job at marketing because now you have like a million things that people need to buy. Right. Yeah. You know, for like different parts of your body. Yeah. Yeah. That's Whereas, a good point. Like, why don't you just buy into like taking care of yourself? Yeah. Yeah. And I do think like if you're that person who's so worried about the detoxes, like, oh, I need to detox this week because I was bad last that, week. And yes. that's going to be huge in the new year. All mm-hmm. these detoxes you could do in the new year. Yeah. And cleanses and start your year off with a <clears throat> juice cleanse. Yeah. Mm, juice cleanses. Mm, beet juice. See? Again. And then you're, it's going to be better. Right now. And then you're set up for a good versus bad, which we've talked about in yeah. 66. Mm-hmm. And that's also a setup for living actually a very like unsatisfying life in yeah. my opinion yeah absolutely because then you're going to be looking for a quick fix like a detox to make you happier and at the end of the day all you're going to be doing is saying the next week now I need this and yeah. it's it never it's never fulfilling for so somebody. do you think that because I, I just want you to like straight answer is is that just like gimmicky your body doesn't really need that stuff ever I mean, I think people can do a lot of damage to their body with what they take in, whether that's food, whether that's drink, whether that's whatever, holidays, stress, end of the year, budgets, whatever it might be, I think your body undergoes a lot of stress. So do I think that people could use a detox, I'm putting that in quotes, because you can't see, air quotes, detox. I think people need like a life detox, like reflect, look back, where can you make changes? What is it you're looking for in a juice cleanse that you're not getting in other places in your life? I just want to- Oh, you just loved me. Go. I love it. No, I just was going to say, in this case, call your therapist. I'm at 303, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But it's true, actually, so. Well, and I think too that like a lot of that, a lot of people replace like horribly, horribly unhealthy diets with a juice cleanse. Like find a middle ground, you know, eat- nourishing foods and then you won't have to worry about it and i promise you a one-week juice cleanse is not going to fix six Mm -hmm. months of badness to your body like it's just not going to take it away you just have to figure out what was happening maybe you're too stressed figuring out how to decrease your stress load so that you can take better care of yourself there you go i like it you gurgle just then did you hear that your gut agreed with you yeah my gut was like like, take better care of yourself gurgle yeah well and better care of yourself sorry now i'm gonna go here but it's also about practicing self-compassion Right. That's like, I feel like what we're actually talking about is how can you be kind to yourself and not get into this headspace of where you're beating yourself up, whether or not you're examining what is ending up in the toilet, whether or not you're examining whether like you're eating too much kimchi or not enough kimchi or drinking four <laughs> kombuchas a day, getting a buzz from them. Like whatever that is. <laughs> this kombucha. is really about like, how do you practice some self-compassion um, and also self-awareness? In general, like, at least in my experience, my body will let me know when I am, A, not taking care of it, and B, not listening to it. 
And it's so reversed. I just, the last episode that we recorded, I was like, man, I had so many aha moments in this episode. It was so good. If you guys haven't listened to it, go back and listen to episode 66. Um, but just about how, you know, all of the paying attention to what you eat and working out and when you work out and being so type A about it sometimes is just so reverse of everything. It completely causes more stress, mm-hmm. I think. And I remember after listening to that or recording that, I was like, huh, I don't really need to worry about this anymore. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's been really nice. It's been really freeing. Oh, God. I know. You so guys wait, totally helped on. me. Can I, like, has there been any pitching? <laughs> I checked. No, there oh. really hasn't. I really haven't. <laughs> Claire, how about you? <laughs> no, I'm only touching my bicep right now because it hurts. I'm not body checking She's right now. She's just flexing. All the time. No, I actually remember when I went back and I listened to that, and I heard you talk about like, t- does your body know that it's like apple pie? So I'm gonna put apple pie in your butt. Like, and Joy, <laughs> Joy had this moment, and I was just like, oh, I'm glad we helped Joy. And then, like a week later, I was like, oh, maybe we helped me too. <laughs> right. I'll have another second helping. Yeah. Yay, so. Well, I'll talk about a personal experience. I was in Chicago last week, and honestly, I'll self disclose just. For this. <laughs> Self-disclosing is huge. What does that even mean? Talking of like how is that different from what you ever do on the podcast? (laughs) (laughs) It's different because I'm here and my body language, I just like turn towards her and like opens up my heart space and like come talk to me. Yeah. Therapy world is self-disclosure. Um Normally, on a trip like that, I would be so stressed out about, like, okay, I'm not eating my normal stuff. My system's, my system backs up anyway when I travel, and it really stresses me out because I can't. And we'll t- I want to ask about that. Yeah. Like, why the F does my body do that? But so then I usually stress out mm-hmm. because I'm like, my system's going to be off, and I'm, like, not eating my normal foods, and everything's processed, and whatever. And I... Didn't even think about that all weekend. And how, how it was much better was the trip? So much and you had fun. Fried I had eggs. fried deviled eggs. Oh. I had like Delicious. the best rich breakfast every single morning. And I was like, I'm not even worried about this. And it was fine. And did and you I, poop on the trip? And I pooped on the trip. Would you look at that? <laughs> Just look at it. <laughs> not your poop. <laughs> Sorry, I know I made it funny. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Take it's it. Great. No, I have nothing to say about it. Therapeutically. Oh. <laughs> Therapy her. Come on. You put on the spot. <laughs> I can't therapy my friend. <laughs> well, you know what? Okay, hold on. Hold on. I can reframe. I can go there. Yeah. Um, I think what we're also talking about, like, so a lot of what we talk about at our job is, like, how do you practice flexibility? Because that's what life is all about, is how can you... Um, really enjoy life and part of being being alive in this world is being flexible and the problem with traveling I think everyone probably I mean like we've we've talked about you know Joy and I have talked about like traveling what that does to our like our minds and body and sometimes it's not that pretty um but the (laughs) the bottom line is that like it's important that you're able to be flexible go on a trip enjoy yourself um, and this is what we talk about, like, and when I go back to episode 61 or 66, where people are just like, how do I know if I have a problem with eating or a problem with my body image or over-exercise when you can't go anywhere or you can't mix up your routine or take a rest day or take a rest week? 
Um, that to me is limiting your experience of your body on this planet. And that to me is concerning. Mm-hmm. So I'm really glad that you were able to have some fried double eggs. Double eggs. It was nice. Oh. It was really great. <laughs> and so have great. some fun. It, everything it's was fun. so delicious. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I can just not worry about this. And I, I think what it was too is like the stress of traveling mm-hmm. normally, like in the past before all this realization, Oprah aha moments, mm-hmm. was so much worse than like the thought of or actually eating the food that you want to eat and just not worrying about it. You know what I mean? Right. So anyway. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that, so to answer your question about like why we all get back yeah. up traveling. So first of all, we're going 30,000 feet up in the air when we're on a plane and that's going to dehydrate any person. And so to catch up on that can be hard. And then also you're changing your routine. And bodies do kind of like routines. Some of you may know that you go to the bathroom at the same time every morning. Or you have a routine around your bowel movements. Everyone's shaking their head right now. <laughs> so I have a story. When I was when I did my uh, Knowles trip, I did a 30-day backpacking trip in the Yukon. And you we were in a very uh, – there were a lot of bears where we were. So every time you had to go off in the woods, your business, you had to go with at least two other people. So, yeah, not like you don't have to be looking at them. You have right. to be within sight and ear. You like you can be close by so that if you want to talk, right? If you got attacked by a bear, someone could come and help you. So what that ended up meaning was that there basically was like an AM poop group and a PM poop group, and we called it the poop train. Yeah, and because like you'd have to leave from you know like you'd all be getting ready for in the morning to go out in your canoes, and be like, right, the poop train is leaving, and so everyone who who was an AM pooper would go get on the poop train and they'd all walk into the woods and go poop. And so everybody knew by the end of the trip who was a morning pooper and who was an evening pooper. And it was like every single person was like, you're either. And then there were like two people who were both a morning and an evening pooper. Oh. It was pretty hilarious. What were you? I was an evening pooper. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Except for one time when I ate too many (laughs) instant mashed potatoes. Get you every time. (laughs) Every time. That was a a really rough night. Yeah. Then were you both an AM and a PM? Yeah, I was an AM and a PM and a, in the middle of the night when I didn't think anyone else could hear me and they heard me oh. <laughs> and thought I was a bear. Were you like this? Caca! Yeah, I was like, what a bear! <laughs> anyway. Um, did you have a little, a little toilet? Or no, did you no, you just poop in a hole. Well, when I went on the rock island, they had like a little uh, like toilet. Were you on the river? Yeah. That's why. Oh. It's called a Gruber. That's what it was. Yeah. It's yeah. oh, a long time ago. I yeah. was in high school. <laughs> yeah, because in the in the desert, if you poop in the sand, it won't decompose. So that's why they have to pack it out. It's like a cat box. It's, like a, cat, it's, it's a human cat, cat box. Yep. Uh, Is there litter? The no, box? there's not. That would be nice. Uh, it's called a Gruber because it used to be just like an ammo can. Gruber, yeah. And when you sit on it, it would get grooves in your butt cheeks. That's like called a Gruber. Now it's like a little toilet. They've upgraded it. Anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> Pooping in the woods. All, another thing that is will make you... Uh, irregular is trying to poop oh, in the woods. That's I had nice. so many. No. Yeah. I when that's I was an instructor for Hour Bound, I had to give so many thirteen-year-old girls the like, "Here's how to poop in the woods." Yeah. Talk. yeah, it was amazing. Just like so much fear about pooping in the woods that can and like that first girl who's like, "I can't, like I have to go now." I'm like, well, here's your dot. Here's your <laughs> shovel. Enjoy is yourself. It so mental. Is it a mental game? Absolutely. You can absolutely hold your stool. Oh, yeah. We would have girls who would hold it for days. And then we would tell them. This is where we come enjoy. That's the thing. And then then I would say, okay, you know, if you, well, they would get really sick. And Mm -hmm. in uh, wilderness first aid, if you have somebody who's so constipated that, like, they've gotten to the point and they've held it for so long, you have to put your finger in there. You gotta go. You gotta go up. Yeah, we call it the hook. Yep. You gotta get the hook in there. You gotta get it out. (laughs) 
Yeah, we use the gear. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Wait for you back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But yeah. definitely that's where you two come in. Because there actually are a lot of people who hold their stool. Oh. Whether it's like you're afraid to go poop in your work bathroom or you don't like public restrooms, whatever it might be, it's not good to hold your stool. No bueno. What does that do? So it, it can body. actually, it can go back up. I mean, you can cause like an impaction. That's what the, that's what the gear is out. He just blew Joy's mind. I wish you guys could have seen the look on Joy's face. It yeah. can go back up. It, go, it goes, it gets back in there. <laughs> like a snake. You just yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Really? And I then it, it can get impacted, and okay. then you can get obstructed. So I don't guess that makes sense because you know, like sometimes you really have to go, and then you if it passes, you can like wait a couple more hours. <laughs> but then you can't. But then, right. But That's then you're I mean. like, oh, excuse me, I have to end this podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right um, now. Yeah. So it it will only stay up there so long. But a lot of times kids have this problem too. So you see yeah. this a lot in like young adolescents who don't want to go to the bathroom. Yeah. For huh. whatever reason. And that's where the therapists come in and fix them. I saw this thing recently that said, dance, it was like, dance like nobody's watching, love like you've never been hurt, poop like no one is in the stall next to you. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. That's <laughs> true. You'll have to post that as when we announce this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's a good one. With Mr. Hanky Poop. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Hanky the Christmas Poop. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Hanky Poop. Um, how do you feel about colonics? Oh. No, no. No, no, no. Talk about this. So, uh, don't do anything. I mean, your body can't. Don't put anything up. Don't. I mean, unless medically necessary. So, like, you're impacted, you have an obstruction. Uh, No, you don't want to do anything like that. Because that can actually mess up your gut flora, too. So. Oh, my God. Things are going downhill so quickly. There's a lot of laughing here, but. This is very serious. So a lot of people do use colonics as a form of detoxing, right? So you feel bad. It's Christmas time. You drank too much. I'm trying to help out here. I know. Keep going. Keep going. No, really. You drank too much. You ate too much. Whatever it might be. You think that a colonic might help. or Well, and there's always things that are like, get a colonic, lose 10 pounds instantly. Yeah. Or like those things that are like, beef, it's what's rotting in your colon. And like, you just like get a colonic to get all this beef that's rotting in your colon out (laughs) of there. Is that a thing? Like, can stuff get stuck? No, things can get stuck. Sorry. Yes. Can, like, do certain foods get stuck, like, in, like, your large intestine more so than others? I mean, I think, again, if, like, you don't drink enough fluids, if you don't get enough fiber, if you're only focusing on one macronutrient, like, right. you only focus on protein, then, your, yeah, your body. Your, so, I guess my question is, like, could you have something chronically stuck in your intestine that you didn't But when about? you poop, it all pushes everything out. Correct. So, yeah. So okay. That's what I mean. So, if there's something stuck, you're not pooping. Right. Right? It's not like... So, so it's this not is like, actually a really good question because what I've also heard from people is that people that have like really and I'm gonna have to use my hands again I'm gonna need some descriptors but yeah like a really thin thin like snake like stools if you think about it, if something is impacted up there but things are needing to come out it will it will come around it it's yeah. really think, graphic but yeah. you can get like snake like poops which are really thin yeah and they tend to be really smooth and they actually do in the toilet they kind of look They're like, like a snake coil yes like a snake coiling <gasps> and that could mean that you have something impacted up there and then, then you need the heavier guns. So you need something to push it on through. Mm-hmm. Whether oh, that's... What would that be? Like some Brussels sprouts? No. I mean, typically, you're not going to do it through food. You're going to need some sort of medication to help oh, okay. stimulate the colon to push it out. How about like or manually, you're going to have to go up in there. I have a question. Yeah. Why does coffee make you poop? Why does coffee make you poop? What do you think? What do you guys Caffeine? think? Caffeine, yes. What does it do to the intestine? Makes it spasm. Stimulates what? Stimulates. Your colon. Stimulates what? 
digestion. So peristalsis is what we call it, and it's those little things that kind of like squeeze this. Your intestine does. You guys can't see this on the podcast. It looks like she's doing a heartbeat with her hands. Yeah, it kind of like squeezes it and pushes it on through. Your intestines are like really she's long. Doing a shake weight a little bit. I'm doing a shake weight. She thought She's going inappropriate again. Um, like yes. if you like squeezing like frosting out of a bag. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it actually stimulates peristalsis. It helps push things along. Caffeine does tend to do that. But here's the thing. Don't get all caffeinated, people. If you drink caffeine normally, it's not going to all of a sudden stimulate peristalsis. But there are, I mean, uh-huh. there. it's like, I, I read something about like, you know, wine is how I make you poop. And it's like 50-50. Some people, like every single day, they have a cup of coffee and then they have to go poop. And other 50%, they like, Really? It's all mental. Huh. It's all your routine. If you're a morning pooper and you have your coffee and you say it's because of my coffee, then I'm going to poop every day because of my coffee. Yeah. But it's all mental. If you're a PM pooper and you say, oh, it's because of my afternoon tea, you're going to say, oh, it's because of my afternoon tea. It's all in here. Hmm. Um, really. It's Your body likes does like routine. Yeah. So if you And, and also, if you're super stressed, you're not going to poop. People know this. If you have a presentation to give or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. you're nervous about it, you're about to take finals. Totally happens to me. And you haven't pooped in two days, you're not all of a sudden going to poop in the middle of your final or the middle of your presentation. <laughs> your body's going to lock it up. <laughs> or you get nervous it. and you get diarrhea. That's different. Yeah, so but... nervous. Let's talk about nervous poops because that's a big thing in CrossFit. Yeah. Like, I would say probably like... It doesn't oh. happen to me. It happened to me once before 14-3. 13-4. 13-4. I, uh... How did you... Because it's not 2014. I know, but I was like, how did you know it was 13-4? She she monitored you, Because you told me. Yeah. Um, Because I would say probably, like, at least half of what goes on in the CrossFit bathroom is nervous poops. Mm Mm-hmm. What are people nervous? Are you like who's nervous? Ner- the athletes yeah, are nervous like, about the about the workout. About the workout. Okay. So when like, we go in, we like stretch out, warm up, and like, oh, it's a workout for the day, and, and then they're so like, all right, get ready. Really hard. And I'm nervous. It's all about like the clock countdown. Ready, yeah. go. And yeah. then it's scary. So okay, <laughs> and nervous poops. Yes. So the, if we think about the fight or flight response, so this mm-hmm. is like a nervous system response, which you could probably speak to some of it. Um, but the fight or flight response, your body physiologically, if you're in the fight stance. Or the flight stance, you're not gonna poop yourself. Like that would be the hope. That's good to know because sometimes I've definitely had feelings where I'm like, I'm gonna poop during this thruster. <laughs> right? Yeah. But do you? Not yet. Oh. I haven't pooped myself yet in CrossFit. I did come really close once after I got a month without eating any gluten, and then I had a bagel, and then tried to get on the rower. Mm. That's another story, though. I think. Yeah. But, <laughs> hold on. Can I? Can I? This is totally unrelated, but also related. Isn't there a bathroom at the CrossFit? Yeah. Thing? Oh yeah. People, but people are just like, why do I have to go nervous poop? Oh. Yeah, that's like, my question. Not, it's like, not, why it's is not, it that, like, I hear the clock tick down, and I was totally uh, fine before, but now all of a sudden I have to poop immediately. Same thing oh. with nervous peace. Yeah. Like, I know, now like, the distance coach, running. Like, that's one thing where I'm like, oh, man, after, like, however many miles are you going to have to Your body just shuts down, like, and, like, oh, yeah. Geez. But, but that's because running also stimulates peristalsis. Mm-hmm. And it may actually be very true, and I don't know if there's been enough research to study this, but in CrossFit, it may be the, the pushing that may actually stimulate something as well. But I do think if you're nervous and you're thinking about it so much, like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to poop. I'm going to have to poop. You're going to poop. Like, so you, you go. I think if you told yourself, like, I'm going to be fine, and you gave yourself, like, a little meditation before you went out there, yeah, and we're like, everything's going to go smoothly. I'm going to have a great time. <laughs> and after I get done, then I'm going to poop. Then you're going to poop. Hmm. Fair enough. It's almost like nervous peace, though. It's the same thing. Like, now the coaches uh, will be like, true. as we're setting up, we're like, go to the bathroom, nervous yeah. peace. If you need to go, yeah, if you go to the bathroom, do it now. And you're like, I do need to go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't until you said that. But that happened. Uh, we had a rowing workout that was like 45 minutes long, and you couldn't. It was like sh- really short breaks in between. And he was like, so get out. You know, if you need to go pee now, you're like, do because you're not going to be able to. And everyone was like, well, I better go then. <laughs> like, what if I need to pee in the next 30 minutes? 
not going to be able to. But that's true. I mean, it's like the button analogy that I used last time. And you were like, but I would push the button. You know what I mean? Like, if I plant something in your head, you're yeah. going to stick with it. That's mm-hmm. true. You know? Mm-hmm. And it may just very well be because somebody had an accident. I don't yeah. know. And so they're like, please don't go to the bathroom right. now. <laughs> and that's okay if you did. There's no shame in that. Yeah. Just, you know, maybe Sometimes need more fiber. And awkward. <laughs> okay. Okay. Are there more poop questions? Um, no. That's all our poop oh questions. Gosh. And we have about five minutes left so we had a listener we had a listener write us um and i'm going to keep her anonymous i don't Mm -hmm. she never said whether or not but we're just going to keep it anonymous but we hadn't we haven't um answered her question she wrote us back end of november so you know who you are when we when you hear this question um do you want to talk about this lisa do you want to read it or do you want me to read it you read it okay um a little background about me. I'm still working on recovery from an eating disorder. My dietitian is very opposed to me crossfitting. I try to wad four to six days a week, depending on how much I run that week, and get very competitive in upping my max weights, always wanting more. I know I eat more when I am planning on working out, so I can gain muscles and have since stopped caring as much about weight loss and taking up as little space as possible to building muscle and claiming gains. My RD believes that CrossFit is just something that is too focused on numbers and restrictive eating to stay clean or paleo. Do y'all see the number focus uh, as an issue other girls at your gym have? Okay, Uh, so here's the deal. Natalia and I actually talked about this question before. Um, Well, I'm actually, well, and we've talked about this a little bit, but I I want you guys to be able to join Claire to answer that. Do you all see the number of focuses and issue other girls have at your gym? Um, Here's the red flags in this email. Um, So this person says that they're still actively working on recovery from their eating disorder. So Natalia and I are both in agreement. Anytime there's an active um, uh, recovery in process, we would never recommend... um, Adding more variables. Well, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Vigorous exercise. Mm-hmm. Those two things do not go together very well. Um, so, you know, if, if, if she was solid in her recovery for a year or so, usually we talk about, like, we kind of give people a year before they start doing any type of heavy um, um, or, uh, like, extra cardiovascular or excessive cardiovascular or... Intensity. Yeah, anything yeah. like like really major other than like some like hiking or yoga or, mm-hmm. or and and I will recommend that a lot to my patients who are in in early recovery. Um so so one still working on recovery, so that to me is a little bit of a red flag. Um the other thing, there's a couple things. So I still try to walk 4 to 6 days a week um and get very competitive in upping my max weight always wanting more. So this is something that I see with my patients. It's it's probably the one common denominator in all of my patients. Well, that's being a little dramatic, but uh, one of the common denominators is always wanting more and competition, right? So always wanting more or less, right? So a smaller number or a flip side, bigger measurement, right? Or what, I mean, we talked a little bit about that, of like how like strong is a new skinny. Um, so to me, the competition factor is also a red flag. Um, do you want to, yeah. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I get worried about people who 
like the, asking this question because I think your recovery is more important than doing CrossFit. And I would never want to put someone in that position where they would be that vulnerable. And your risk of relapse is so much higher when you're engaging in competitive sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to say that CrossFit is all about competition. Um, but I do think that if that's the reason, like I want to have higher numbers or I right. it definitely to- has a competitive and very, um, they call it, you know, like results based, like you track everything so that you can tell when you're getting better, but that still means you're tracking everything. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for just a lot like of people, the whiteboard, we talked right, about this too, yeah. the whiteboard every day is like what like, everyone got. That's one of the basic, you know, like in their level one, they talk about like, you know, one of the bases of CrossFit or the basic tenets of CrossFit is that you track everything and you know, from their perspective, it's so that you can know you have measurable, but like it's they like the idea is to make everything measurable. Mm-hmm. So, and, oh, oh, sorry, I was, but the, and that's what we see with the eating disorders, right? Everything well, that's what I mean, is measurement, right? So, I guess I, I would actually like put it back on the both of you. If you had a friend who said this to you, like, what would you're you're not you're not a clinician, you are their friend, but mm-hmm. like, what would you what would you say? I don't know. I think it is just like. I feel like it's just so individual, you know, based, like, looking at a situation like this. So, like, you know, I don't feel like I'm – would even with a really, really good friend would be in a position to tell someone, yes, you can do something or no, you can't do something. You know, it's not my life, I guess. But at the same time, I really like what you said about, you know, your recovery is more important. And one of the things which I always talk about, which I always tell my athletes, is, like, you know, there will be more workouts in your future. There will be more opportunities for you to lift heavy. There will be more opportunities – for you to get a better number unless you are injured today or unless you go too hard today. You know, like there will be the, there like the opportunity is not going to go away unless you're unhealthy now or unless you push it too hard now. And, you know, I guess kind of would say like maybe the, one of the red flags to me was like, I'm still, I'm trying to cross it four to six times a week, depending on how much I run four to six times a week is a lot of CrossFit. It's a lot of CrossFit. Let I only alone, do three. Yeah. Let alone with something else. Yeah. And like, if you're, you know, doing something every single day, CrossFit, like, in order to get better, you have to rest. Mm-hmm. You know, the biggest, like, one of the big things, which I also always say, is, like, your muscles don't, like, you don't build strength when you're working out. You build strength when you're recovering. And so if you're not giving yourself that time, then, like, what really is your focus? So that is kind of the bigger effect to me is, you know, I would just kind of maybe say, like, That's if you, to me too. yeah, it's like, if you can't. Like, you know, you were saying, like, it, at, earlier this podcast talking about having to go X number of days a week. Otherwise, you feel like you let yourself down or whatever it is. Like, you know, can you – I guess one of my questions to her would be, like, can you only go one or two days a week and still feel okay about it? Mm-hmm. You know, and if that the answer to that question is no, then maybe take a step back. What stuck out to me was that her dietitian is very opposed to her crossfitting. And, like, there's got to be a reason. And yeah. we don't have the full context of her life. So mm-hmm. – there's got to be a reason that the dietitian is giving you this information and there's so much um, just kind of looking at the email there's a lot of there's a lot of structure and restriction in the email um, that you know I say that from with love of I really really would focus on what you guys said of, of recovery is so much more important than getting in a number of CrossFit days and and um, I would listen to your dietitian. <laughs> Well, and going back to what we talked about in episode 66 of, like, always asking yourself, why? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why do I need to do this? 
Why do I need to tailor it to how much I'm running? Why, why, why? And before I forget, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I can't answer this question for her because I'm not her. So I know and I appreciate her writing us asking for advice of do you see CrossFit playing into compulsive exercising and eating disorders? I can't answer that from my perspective because I look at CrossFit as I go three times a week and I incorporate that into my life. Um, that's a completely different context. So I can't speak on CrossFit playing into compulsive exercise eating disorders from her life because it's a complete, it sounds like it's a bigger issue. Well, and I think like that question is hard to answer too because I feel like in, like you're saying, depending on the context, anything could play in to a compulsive you know, into a disordered eating scenario, like you could, you know, anything could be a factor of that. And I definitely think that like the competitive nature and the tracking and the physical nature of CrossFit potentially makes it more likely, but there are, you know, definitely people who are like use that information in a healthy way, but I also could definitely see it. And, you know, we've talked about this about like, you have to, you can't let yourself like get into that strong as the new skinny mentality of like changing the, the goal of a weight on the scale to a goal of the weight on the bar. Like your goal is still a number and that, you know, what does that number represent? They talk about it playing like whack-a-mole. Right. Right. Like it's just like your, your symptoms substituting mm-hmm. or your numbers substituting or. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I mean, I think you already know the answer to the question. I think maybe what you're looking for is some more recommendations and coming from another dietitian, I would also not recommend that you do CrossFit four to six times a week that's too much. I would listen to your team. They know you well. Um, they care about you and they're giving you good information. Very good. I remember last episode too, Natalia, you said that um, eating disorders, because my question was like, well, how does it, like, it feels like sometimes the perfect storm of like, who is primed for an eating disorder and how does it start? And we were talking about the eating challenge that we were on back in mm-hmm. October. We did this like accountable eating challenge and both Claire and I after that were like, Hmm, maybe not. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you said that it most often begins, correct me if I'm wrong, um, with diet and exercise. Absolutely. Like when you absolutely. start tracking that together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I want to just revisit this one more time because I, I feel like it's just hard to wrap my brain around is, you know, while like we're supposed to be healthy, we're supposed to be focused on health and, and being healthy and living our best life. So how can we be in the gray and mm-hmm. <laughs> not be like and that too is much. something that I always think about too whenever we finish these episodes is like you know I on the one hand really appreciate the idea of like you know do what makes you happy like whatever makes your body feel good but at the same time saying that without being like and that means eat whatever you want stay in bed all mm-hmm. day you know don't right. like it's like where is the the line between those two but we talked about this last time it's like the, there's so much gray right. so it doesn't have to be like we're strict and we're going right. to the gym and then like, oh my gosh, I'm in bed all day. Like right. it's not, but we already did that. I mean, yeah. like it's either we do CrossFit and we're at the gym and we're working hard and we're increasing our numbers or what you just said, like yeah. now I'm in bed and I'm right. lazy and I'm right. going to just eat whatever I want yeah. in bed at the same time. Like, that's not, all night long. Right. right. And that's just mm-hmm. not the reality. No one, I shouldn't say no one, not a lot of people live their lives like that, especially not people in the CrossFit community. Yeah. You all are aware of that. I think what gets dangerous is on your rest days, maybe you feel like you're living that way because you're not, You're not at the gym. I don't know. I could be speaking out of turn, but... No, you're very right on with that. I think that it gets hard because on your rest days, then you feel guilty for not going to the gym when we know you need... And you know, rationally, you need the rest day. Yeah. Because we live in a world of, at least the CrossFit community, I think, lives in a world of comparison Mm -hmm. and competition. And we're, like, looking through Instagram and, like, seeing everyone working out. Right. Hashtag Mm -hmm. no rest days. Yeah. Hashtag no rest days. and like That's an actual hashtag? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
And then, and then mm-hmm. Rich Froning is like, you know, you Doing, want to working out he's like, like 10 hours a day. I work out every single day, like, you know, For whatever. Like he's years. not human. And so people are like looking at that and they're like, well, I must be a lazy bum. And so it's right. really hard to not compare yourself to strangers on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to go somewhere. Is he married? Does he have a partner? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he has a baby. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think comparison is hard. We're always going to compare ourselves to other people because I think it's in our nature. And I would argue that probably, especially in the CrossFit community, it's in our nature to want to do better. Mm-hmm. It's that competitive edge, it's that right. perfectionistic kind of attitude, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. And it can translate into something that gets very dangerous for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have the right answer for that. All I can say is that if you're talking about being strong and you're talking about being confident, that you should be strong and confident in your rest days as you are on your gym days. And I would say, I do have the right answer for that. Uh, so this is back to, (laughs) so smart. Um, this is back to what we talked about last episode of like having a well-rounded and balanced identity, right? Right. So that your identity is not just solely like CrossFit competitor, that your identity is also like, sorry, on your rest day, like maybe you're taking like, Krista used to always call me out on this because she know you know, I, I run a lot and she's just like, well, like, what else are you going to do? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to learn how to play the trumpet, right? So on my off day, I'm like, I'm going to learn how to play the trumpet. So idea of having a well-balanced identity, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. and, and having do you all play the trumpet? Um, well, <laughs> I'm working on it. I was like, I do not know this about you. Like, no, well, so I used to play the trumpet. Long story short, I used to play the trumpet when I was like, like sixth through eighth grade. And then my mom found it recently and she was like, do you want me to send you your trumpet? And I was like, yes. So she's sending me my trumpet from eighth grade for Christmas and I'm going to take awesome. trumpet lessons. That's amazing. I played the trumpet in fifth grade. I played the flute. I could see you playing oh, the flute. See. Could you? Wait, yeah. maybe we should. Bring we can start, start a band. Yeah, Wonderful. Joy, what did you play? Joy can dance. Joy can be the dancer. Okay. You can dance if you want to. Leave your friends behind. Oh my god. Sorry. Don't leave your friends behind. Is that the lyrics? Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. I'll be the interpretive dancer. Yeah, you can interpret dance to the two oh trumpet and one. I sang that at karaoke last oh, weekend. It was awesome. You, did you hit the high note? Oh yeah, I did. Don't. Did you get the nervous poops? No, I didn't because I love Whitney Houston. Wait, so, I love Mariah Carey. I love Whitney Houston so much that I wasn't even nervous. Oh, this is like the Cross Elevation Christmas party. They had a karaoke machine or a karaoke like DJ who was amazing. And I think that's not I've told you about my complete, not hatred, but I can't watch people do karaoke. Yeah, you and Brandon. Oh, yeah. oh I love it. I do too. I really love it. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. I sang three songs. Yeah. I sang Whitney Houston and I sang... Um, Summer of 69, and yes. I sang uh, uh, um, You're the One That I Want with someone else, a grease duet. Oh, oh my God. Random person. Uh, no, it's what I do. Oh, oh, dang it. Well, I was at the gym. Okay, <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Anyway. Dang it. All right, well, do we want to end with a final poop question? Do yeah. We, have a final poop question? we don't have a final poop question. Do you want to make one up, or do you guys want to just... Do you want to sing a duet? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm I'm just, just, oh, I got one. I got one. Ah, push it. Push it. Push it. Yeah. <laughs> See you guys. Merry Christmas. Awesome. We will talk to you guys Merry next Christmas. week. Merry Christmas. Bye. Bye.